Hello. Welcome again for the third time this week to the Pilgrims and Prodigals podcast. Hey. We have Nate here in studio once Hello. again. Once again, as the Brits would say. Yes. Indeed. Okay, so I have to admit something, Nate. What's up, man? So I have good news and bad news. Okay. First good news. We I've been keeping up to date with the Buzzsprout account, and nice. we are officially up to like 150 listeners on the podcast almost. Hey, what so, is that, like uh, 20 new followers uh, since like last week? That's like half. We du- we've doubled this week. Really? Yeah. Wow. We, we were at like 65, and we jumped up to like 150. Holy crap. So we've more than doubled. So, cool. Hey, thanks everybody for listening. Yeah, total preach, bro. That's good news. <laughs> now, the bad news is, um, I don't know if any of you guys are listening, uh, but we've lost like all of our Japanese listeners, and I think we no! made, I think we made too many jokes about them. Oh. So I just want to publicly um, say that I'm sorry if we've offended you. <laughs> maybe it's like a culture shock or difference. Like maybe you don't understand what we're uh, saying, but like we're just joking around when we say stuff like that, or like when we call you guys out. Anyways, if you're still listening, if not, well, that sucks. But uh, we will miss the ethnic diversity. Yeah, <laughs> we're not uh, multi-continental anymore. So, goodness. Okay, now well, we're just a good old now, American podcast. Now, yeah, now that we've uh, started on such a s- sobering note, welcome. So, Nate, go ahead, just take it away, pal. Okay. Uh, so, first off, I just want to say I've been totally eating the podcast up on my own time. Um, want to introduce myself a little more. I know I've been on like two, I think, so far. Mm-hmm. But I don't feel like I've really given an adequate introduction for anybody that doesn't know me. So I'll hit that real quick. Um, yeah, my name is Nate Betteridge, and um, I've been friends with Ben for quite a while, since like 2006 or 2007. Yeah, I think 2007. Dang, dude. Uh, so we're at the 10-year mark, probably probably over the 10-year mark. Uh, I met him when I was in middle school, and uh, we went to concerts, to you know, local shows and stuff together. Um, you going to get yeah. an anniversary present? Absolutely, because <laughs> we've been together for one tens of years. Oh! <laughs> hey! In the words guy. of Ben. Yes, <laughs> make that a shirt. Make that a shirt. So, uh, that was a reference to the last podcast. If you didn't catch it, totally great. Go check it out. Um, if not, you suck. I'm actually supposed to be here this time. Last time, I just kind of nosed my way in. Yeah. This time, I'm supposed to be here. So, anyway, I've known Ben for a while. Great guy. Uh, very influential in uh, me finding... Uh, historically speaking, a home church um, that I, for a long period of time, felt accepted at and uh, felt like it was really a worthwhile thing in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and through that relationship, uh, I met a lot of other guys, uh, got involved in music, blah, blah, blah. A lot of things changed. But, I actually played in your band for a while. Uh, uh, yeah, actually, yeah, you did. Yeah. Um, we uh, did a lot of studio stuff together. Didn't really play any shows. Uh, didn't Didn't get that far, but... You were a good addition while you were there. Yeah. It was fun while it lasted. And that was, yeah, I mean, really, through Ryan Miller, I got to know Keith. 
um, and uh, through our music project, I got to know Keith. So Keith and I go back about five years. Um, yeah, good stuff, man. Great guy. Yeah, dude. Um, so anyway, I worked for um, a couple different companies that installed uh, sound, lighting, video equipment, basically anything that has to do with like stage pr- stage production yeah. equipment, um, which was a super cool gig. Uh, to be honest with you, especially as a guy that was like in high school and then immediately out of high school, um, I got to work with my dad. It was it was a great experience for the most part. Learned a lot. Um, our primary uh, our primary um, customers customers were uh, churches. Uh, we did a lot of other things as well. You know, oh, nice. restaurants, uh, auditoriums. We did a lot of schools, things like that. But uh, probably. Uh, 75% of what we did was uh, churches or religious events, you know, like uh, Christian campgrounds and things like that. Setting up for conferences or something like that. Yeah, exactly. Like we did some like live productions, uh, running sound for events and uh, stuff like that. Um, So like I said, great experience. Um, I don't regret any of it, but um, we we started to mention last week um, kind of this topic of like, churches spending so much money on things that, and, and just, we wanted to, we wanted to get in the topic of like how, yeah like deeper into the topic of how churches spend their money and why they spend it, what they spend it on, how much they're spending and whether or not it's really, uh, biblical, logical, reasonable, respectable, you know, we're just wanting to answer those questions. So, yeah. Um, like I said, I mean, I was like 13 when I started working in that field or that industry, if you will. Um, and I didn't stop working with it till I was like 21 years old. So I was in it for seven or eight years. Yeah. Um, and one thing that I noticed pretty early on that just compounded uh, year after year that got more and more frustrating to me as a member of a church um, as a believer was, I, I was so conflicted. Like I would, I would go into a job and I'd be all excited and prayed up and all this stuff. Like, God, I'm just mm-hmm. here to do your work. I'm here to facilitate for a church. So you really thought that you were like doing something for God by totally. putting these systems in? Yeah. Like, yeah, most, most of the time, like whether I, you know, thought it or prayed it beforehand or, once I got to the job site or when I got done, like I always left with that sense of accomplishment that like, man, I really just helped the body of Christ. So it was like a spiritual experience for you. It was. And, and, um, on a, on a non-spiritual note, when the job started to become less lucrative for me, started to get in the way with my other relationships, my other ministries, my other aspirations, um, you know, people started to talk to me like, is this really what you need to do in life? Is this really what you feel called to? And I'm like, yeah, of course. Like, what are you talking about? Like, I'm helping expand God's kingdom and keep, you know, churches operating. But um, long story short, like, I really was encouraged to look at, like, a different perspective, a different side of things, because though that's all good, you know, you kind of have to take it with a grain of salt because I also had, like I formerly mentioned, like I also had all these feelings and experiences coming into jobs where I would just see 
so much money. I mean, thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars being dropped. It's just like out of just like thin air, it seemed a lot of times um, on things just because it was like the latest and the greatest, just because it It wasn't even necessary. It was was, not even necessary. I mean, some of these systems were definitely beneficial and well within the means of churches. And those were the installs that made me feel the greatest. But man, there were some that were just like, I'm talking like, like, X-Fest style systems. Like, like I'm talking a, like, yeah, I'm talking crazy. like German metal, hard rock music festival, quality <laughs> sound systems, sized sound systems going into these freaking churches of, you know, 1,000 plus member congregations, which, yeah, I mean, of course they're going to need bigger sound systems, but um, it just made me scratch my head a little bit and it just made me a yeah. little sick to my stomach. And I don't, I don't know, like a, a side point on that. I think you kind of have that factor as we move more towards kind of the mega church effect, as I like to call it. Yeah. Like, I feel like if you look at the stats, man, like our country and our our Christianity and our American culture is definitely leaning more towards uh, big, showy. Go big or go home. Light, sound. I mean, it's pretty much you've got a couple different churches trying to put on the biggest shows to get the most people there. And, you know, maybe they have good hearts in it, but I don't know. It's like I feel like the more we get into that mega church status where it becomes less about the actual people and even less about teaching about God and it just becomes more about show. Like a modern-day church service for like a mega church is probably like anywhere upwards of like an hour of worship where it's pretty much just modern day rock music with a Christian twist on it. And then probably a 20 minute sermon, you know what I'm saying? Mm. And that's from, from the mega churches I've kind of been to and visited. That's the feeling that I get. So I personally enjoy the, the small church type feel like me and Amanda have been going to this um, small church uh, that she used to go to. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. You go to church? <laughs> whoa, whoa, well, dude. Hold we, on. We went twice in a week, which is the most I've done, or two weeks in a I, row, which is the most I've done all year. I don't know if I need to slap you or give you a handshake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. I'm just playing around. I'm conflicted as well. I don't know what to feel. But <laughs> go go on. You, you've you gone to churches a couple times this week. But or, yeah, whatever. I mean, no, like I said that wrong. We have gone, we went two weeks in a row, which is the most times in a row I've went to a church all year long. Okay. I mean, so that was a big step for me. So anyways, it's a nice little church, but I personally like the feel of a small church over one of the mega churches. First of all, it just seems very informal. Um, It seems not informal, um, impersonal. It seems very Mm -hmm. like they're just trying to get as many people into this building as possible. And, you know, they talk about how many salvations happen, but honestly... The size of a of a mega church is usually um, the equivalent of all the small churches that used to be around. It's kind of like uh, I, I think mega churches kind of have like a Walmart effect. You know what I'm saying? Like when kind of uh, monopolize. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Walmart, st- they started building Walmart, and all of a sudden the small businesses and grocery stores started to go out. So 
it's the last superpower left. So I don't know. That's just kind of like my side rant. I'm just not, I'm not a huge fan of the mega church feel. I prefer the more personal, you know, I feel like I can talk to people type thing. And it's just less showy because that's the topic we were on right there was the, you know, the big sound systems and, right. you know, you've got all the LED bulbs and, you know, the dance music that's playing and freaking like, I don't know, man, it's a lot. Yeah. And, I, and I'm not here to say that any of that's wrong. Like that's, that's not my in, intention at bringing up this topic. It's really just to spur thoughts, you know, yeah. just cause like these are thoughts that have gone through my heads my head for years that you know i just didn't with the exception of like discussions between myself and my coworkers, i didn't really have this discussion with hardly anybody else you know yeah. like why would i i'm not going to talk bad about a company that i work for or an or a uh an occupation that pays my bills you know what i mean but like yeah, now that i'm sure. on the outside of it you know um i'm a couple jobs removed from that one yeah it's okay to talk shit now <laughs> so, <laughs> and, that's, and that's not my goal you know i'm not trying to talk shit <laughs> but i am just like I think this should be a concern, and I think this is something that should yeah. be talked about more it from is. people that are inside churches, because there's probably a lot of people listening to this podcast right now that are still attending a church. Um, Money is just something that never gets talked about, never gets brought up. Yeah, it's like it's, it's like kind untouchable. Of like, yeah, it's you know? like one of those things you just can't talk about in church, but it needs to be, and that's what this podcast is about. Let's talk about the stuff that nobody's talking about, Yeah, and finance is definitely a big one, so, so yeah. yeah. I mean... On on like on like the 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 bigger context, like the bigger foundation of church and finances, like God's people, and you know, or any any religious organization and their congregates, like and how they manage money and how they're supposed to, and the the ways they're doing it right, the way they're doing it wrong, like at least as far as Christianity is concerned, because that's the only like major world religion background I have. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've, we've talked about the tithe a little bit. Keith and Keith and Ben have talked about the tithe a little bit on previous podcasts, but for anybody that doesn't have like a biblical, uh, understanding of like the context and history behind that, I just want to like throw it out there real quick. At least, at least my understanding of it, you know, I've read the word. I've had a lot, I've heard a lot of sermons about it. Yeah. Disagreed with a lot of sermons about it, <laughs> but I feel like I have a pretty good understanding. So, uh, pre-Jesus, pre-New Testament, you know, long time before all that, um, at, you know, close to the foundation of the Jewish faith, um, laws were pretty much right at it. Um, laws were put in place, uh, allegedly by God and Moses and Aaron, etc., um, to help the establishment of the Jewish people, uh, both yeah. as a, um, I don't want to say a race because I think that that's, I, I don't, I don't want to consider the Jewish a race, but as a group of people, yeah. um, I think it may be technically considered a race. I don't know, but, um, I'm honestly not sure. I, I, I don't, I don't know. I like to me, they're Middle Eastern. Yeah. But I mean, a lot of people like modern Jews, a nationality, mostly, most, I think yeah, nationality, more, more, to, is especially, the best. especially today, nationality, because yeah. it's well, but but not even though, like, because Jews are everywhere. You know what I mean? They're not That's just true. in Israel. That's a whole other conversation. <laughs> but so anyway, anyway, um, trying yeah. to stay a little bit focused on this podcast. 
It's all good. <laughs> this is our third one this week, so I feel like it's okay for us to slack off a little bit. Yeah. But I think yeah. I think if you're uh if you're looking at Old Testament, there's really no way to deny that the tithe is a thing. Oh, absolutely. When, when I first left the church, that was the first because I've always wondered about tithe. You know, we were always told if you're a leader, you're going to pay tithe because God gave the command. And yeah. And honestly, there are the only thing in the New Testament where Jesus talks about the tithe at all is when he's talking to the Pharisees and he says, yeah, you do this and you do that and you bring your 10, 10% to the temple and that's good, but blah, 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 blah. And one, one thing I've noticed is whenever Jesus says, but, whenever the word but is spoken, well, in most cases, <laughs> it's uh, you, you're immediately it's counteracting the thing that was previously said. It's saying, well, this, but keep this in mind. So I just don't think that one scripture enough, that one scripture alone is enough to say, oh yeah, well, Jesus is justifying the 10%. So as the church, we have to do that. Now I totally believe in, and I'll go into like my thinking about tithe here in a minute. I want to stay on this topic for a second. Go for it. But yes, Old Testament it is completely justifiable. You can see it. It's commanded by God. It's in the law to take care of the temple. But if you look at the scriptures, it was never talking about a monetary thing in the Old Testament. As a matter of fact, they they didn't prefer to use the actual money. You were supposed to give first fruits of the land, your first fruits of the livestock. You were supposed to get yield something from uh, your crops or your livestock that would give the priest food because they didn't have any and it would supply for the sacrifices and the burnt offerings and the oils and stuff like that the, they weren't the verbiage the verbiage was a tenth of everything yeah. a tenth of um the increase they weren't just after money yeah a tenth of the increase um which to be honest with you i'm I assume that that's monetary as well, but I I, mean, I could be wrong. I mean, it does talk about it does there say it, being it does, gold in the temple. So yeah, I, so I believe it is a tenth of income as well as increase of your uh, fruits of your labor, basically. Um, yeah, but it wasn't just about money, you know. Yeah, it, so. it definitely the majority of it actually was not. Yeah, monetary. Even if it had a monetary value, it wasn't gold itself. It wasn't shekels or yeah, you know, American dollars, <laughs> euros, yeah. whatever. Um, For sure. So, basically, because of the uh, Jewish structure being that the tr- uh, the descendants of the tribe of Levi, there were twelve tribes. Um, they were just one of them. Their job, basically, in society was to be um, the priesthood, basically the people that um, did all the work of the temple and uh, the sacrifices yeah. and so forth, so on and so forth. So they didn't have the luxury, if you will, of being able to go out into the workplace and earn money for themselves or to have the time to raise crops and grow animals for their own sustenance. Yeah. So the necessity was that um, other people of the they had to structure taken, at yeah. the time had to take care of them. It was almost like um, 
yeah welfare or disability you know yeah. what i'm saying that's th- kind of a bad example but you see what i'm saying yeah and the issue is when you try w- with the church cuz i've talked to pastors about this and what they do is they try to just relate and call that law well the modern day church that's like the temple was and the pastor is kind of like the priest were and it was a lot of them so it's a lot of us but that logic doesn't freaking work and i have, no because in that instance like you could apply anything in the old exactly. testament you know you could say that oh because samson was told not to cut his hair i'm every, a man of god every and I man can never of cut god my hair now everyone that wishes to please the lord and be faithful so that they don't lose their strength physically must have super long hair all their life. Not only that, but they can't cut it at all. Otherwise, they lose their strength. Yeah, yeah but I mean, because I've talked to pastors, and honestly, like I said before, if you're looking at Old Testament, you cannot deny that the tithe was in there, the temple was in there, taking care of the priest was in there, all that stuff was in there, but you cannot make a correlation a law. You cannot say, because I can relate myself to a priest of the Old Te- Testament— and I can relate the New Testament church to the Old Testament church, blah, blah, blah. Okay, now it's a law. You have to give me your money. It doesn't work. So so honestly, the church is under 501c regulation, which means they're a non-for-profit, which means if you make – and this is just a side, top, side note that I've wondered for a long time. If you make giving mandatory and you make it to where you pretty much have to rent out your pastor, then at that point – do churches deserve to be 501c? Yeah, I agree. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes, there are churches that are out there. Which basically means tax exempt. Yeah, 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 yeah. 501c is you're pretty much exempt from all federal taxes. You you show this card whenever you go buy your food for your church or buy anything for it, honestly. You're exempt from federal taxes on your income and on your buying and all that stuff. But the thing is, if you make giving mandatory and you tell people it's in the you word have to of buy God, your way in. yeah. If you tell people it's in the word of God, you have to do this. Otherwise, you're not really following God as much as you could be. I'm not saying you're not a Christian, but you're not really following God all the way. You know what I'm saying? That's what our pastor used to say. Whenever we talked about tithe, he would say, "Well, I'm not saying that you. It's a sin not to, but you're not really following God all the way." So so you're saying it's sin. Yeah. No, no, I'm just saying okay, let's let's play semantics all day, okay. So that's that's it's, what I'm so saying. It's, so it's a hard issue, but it's not condemnable. How does how does <laughs> how does that work cuz God judges by the heart apparently. So I don't I don't know there, but um Yeah. So there's my rant, I guess, but you know, there's so there's scripture in Malachi, you know, that talks about the tithe, but still you know, even if it's like right there in the end of the Old Testament, it's still, it's still when the people of Old God Testament. were bound by the law. And furthermore, I want to hit on a thing that you said, Keith. You know, yeah, in one from one perspective, a pastor could relate himself to a priest. Sure, um, and I mean, obviously, there are still priests today. If you're talking about certain denominations like you know Catholicism and so forth. Uh, but as far as like relating yourself to what priests looked like in the Old Testament and Judaism, um, the I word mean, the word actually says that now 
as the church, and when I say the church, I'm saying the body of believers, the any anyone that's you know truly a Christian, not just somebody that goes to an event at a building. Um, it says that now, as the church, we are a royal priesthood. So exactly. if you want to look at it from, okay, I'm applying Old Testament law to my life, which I don't yeah. recommend, but even if you are coming, um, even if you're looking at it through that lens, yeah, uh, you have to use the parallels and the analogies that the Word says. So that means that not just the pastor is entitled to the priesthood. We all are now the priesthood. So what does that mean? We all get paid. We all get the tithe. Well, hold on. <laughs> but we if, all give the tithe. Well, How the hell does hold that on. work? Yeah, hold on. If I'm supposed to be giving the tithe to myself <laughs> as well work? as everyone else, isn't that just me keeping what I earn and then being willing to be generous with that? Oh, man, which, you just blew my mind. Which, minds. hold on a minute, isn't that Jesus? Isn't that what Jesus wait, did? Wait, wait, wait. So you're talking be generous with your money, not... Don't give out of a reluctant heart. Does any of this oh. sound familiar to anybody that has read the Bible? Yeah. We're being really sarcastic. I know we are, we are, that. but it's, I mean, I'm just, I'm just being real here. Because, like, after I left the church, I was still very clinging to yeah. my former beliefs in the tithe, and I was still saving a gross 10% of everything, even gifts. If somebody gave me a gift in cash, I would take a tenth of that because it was increased to me, and I would save that for God's work. And there's nothing bad there's about that. There's nothing bad about that. And, that's, and if, that, if yeah, that's yeah. your conviction, live it out 100%. I don't want to cause you to go against what you believe in. You know what I tell, like, if a pastor, if I talk to a pastor again, and uh, we were talking about tithe, and he brought up the whole analogy thing. I would say, okay, so so you're a priest, right? Okay, so uh, show me your genealogy and show me your uh, <laughs> link to the Aaronic priesthood, and I'll there give you, you my 10%. Because <laughs> you, you're making that claim. Even, even then, I'm not going to give it to you because <laughs> I don't have to. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> Maybe I would if I like really believed in what you were doing. Right. You know, And let's, I let's... felt like it was worth my money, but... Yeah. For the sake of principle, I wouldn't want to give you my money. Yeah. <laughs> so so just to clarify, I do not believe in the ten percent. As far as New Testament New Testament covenant, blah blah blah, whatever big uh Christianese words we want to use, I don't believe that it is a sin for me to not give ten percent of my income to a pastor or a church or anything like that. Now, that being said, I definitely agree with being generous. Yeah. Me and my wife, we finance kids in other countries. We, When we have a friend who's in need, we'll give money to support that. Oh, really? We'll, we'll, okay. <laughs> we'll help out family. Later. We'll help out friends. Oh, no, Nate's out of beer money. I gotta... uh, <laughs> hey, hey, be nice. So, so that's what I'm saying, man. There's a, I'm, I have a, I'm willing to give. I am willing to help, even if it means totally. it's a sacrifice. But what I'm not willing to do anymore is give money out of some kind of law, out of some kind of, like, I'm supposed to feel bad because I'm not giving 10 bucks out of 100 to the church, or I'm not giving 100 bucks out of 1,000 to the church. And 
if you give less than 10%, you have to give 12% next week because somehow there's some kind of uh, interest that in is the Bible. Biblical. That is biblical. Old, in Test- Malachi. Old, Old Testament, Testament biblical. It is Old Testament, but I'm just I'm just saying it is biblical. Yeah. There is a basis. But it doesn't relate for it. Yeah, I don't, to yeah, New Testament. My understanding, just like everything we've been saying. Actually that I think I'm pretty sure that one's in Leviticus. It okay, know, it may but... correct me. Yeah, you you probably yeah, you are right, actually. Yeah. yeah. Anyways. Oh dang it, I have my Bible wrong. <laughs> oh, oh shame, shame. I knew something about my Bible. Man, this is an <laughs> oh, amazing man. day. Flog me. Oh man! Put me in the corner. So anyway, um, bad domestic violence uh, yeah. references there. Uh, <laughs> anyway, um, so we kind of were getting on this whole thing, like because of ethical issues that we may have, seeing the modern twenty first century self acclaimed body of Christ using money in ways that seems extravagant beyond justification. Basically, I'm saying, why are you spending so much money on things that don't necessarily bring the greatest result? Like, we're talking bang for the buck. I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying it never is the case, but I don't know that spending, you know, a quarter of a million dollars on a brand new, you know, sound system is really the best use of a quarter of a million dollars when you could spend, let's even just be conservative here. Let's take half of that, half of a quarter of a million dollars, eighth of a million dollars, and then use the other half to, I don't know, do stuff that actually is specifically talked about in the Bible. Now, I'm taking it with a grain of salt, obviously, because they didn't have sound systems in biblical days, other than amphitheaters, which are pretty cool, if we're being honest. But, um That'd be pretty sweet. That's man. natural acoustics, though. That's not electricity and all that jazz. Um, unless Zeus wanted to just like zap it, and you know, all the Roman <laughs> people went crazy. But I'm going on a tangent. Um, I I just I don't know. Like when I look at the life of Jesus, which is supposed to be an example for all of mankind. Yeah. I see a heck of a lot of like feeding thousands of people yeah. and healing hundreds or thousands of people you know um yeah and even if raising people from the dead you know and whether you want to believe that all this is stuff that is accessible to people to do today that's that's a topic maybe for another podcast but what i'm saying is the heart of the matter to get christianese about it is that um jesus obviously cared about directly reaching yeah, I mean, the lives of people in ways that were like I, I don't necessarily want to say tangible maybe tangible as far as like food's concerned but like I mean a blind man receiving sight is changing his life way more than somebody walking into a cool sound system <laughs> Dude, that they I mean, could have honestly, just went to a local concert honestly find, okay know? Maybe someone out there can disagree with this, and please give me proof that this has ever happened. But I don't think anybody has ever walked into a church and been like, oh my god, this sound system, glory of God is on me now. I am becoming a Christian because this sound is so crisp and clean. Oh man, are those dancing LED lights? They're changing colors? Oh Jesus, take my life. You know what I'm saying? Like how... How do you? How now, is that going to happen? I will say, 
I will say, in I mean, defense, yeah, it's professional. In, in, in defense but... of these things, at the same time, because there there is value to it. Um, it definitely has appeal, you know, for for right or wrong. It definitely has appeal to people, yeah, and whether you're already, you know, quote unquote saved or not. You know, it's definitely more inviting to come into a place that seems like it's being done professionally um, and that people actually care about what they're putting out there. Because if you have just like a really messy um, uh, production of a service and it looks like nobody cared to consider how it was going to happen beforehand and no one's prepared to not allow the microphones to like squeak and everybody's like holding their ears and eyes shut because, like, the lights are just going crazy and strobing and blinding everybody. Like, obviously, there's got to be yeah, a right way to use this stuff, and it all has a time and place. You can set an atmosphere, so to speak, for worship that can help. Yeah. No, I agree with you. you but, know, th- but like you said there's before. There's good stuff to it. But yeah, I agree with you, but it's like you said before. Why not take an A fraction of why not, that yeah, money not, and do the same thing with it? That seems a lot less. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, Keith. Yeah, but I think I can finish your sentence. <laughs> that like, why, why, why does it take that much money? Are you just buying name brand products, or can you do yeah. essentially the same thing with a cheaper product? Or and with fewer you could be able products? to, you know, maybe take care of the widows and the orphans. And, yeah, uh, maybe. I mean, I don't know that that's <laughs> if important. you've got a a dollar to spare, I, you know. Uh, yeah, a dollar. <laughs> I I don't know that that's important, but. If it is, let's talk about it. Yeah. You know. <laughs> but, I mean, we pretty much agree on all this. I don't know. I want to ask you because I know you used to have a different view on tithe. So I just want to ask sure. you. And if it's changed, go ahead and describe it if you still think the oh, same. I gave, I gave and... a lot more than change, brother. Yeah. <laughs> I gave big bills. <laughs> yeah. So um, do you, Nate, still believe in the 10%? As a commandment, no. Okay. No, well, okay. As a commandment for a certain people at a certain time, yes. I get what you're saying. Do I believe that that is the here and the now for the people that are currently alive? No, I do not. Unless, of course, cool. you are so Jewish what? still. Yeah, I mean, then if you're still Jewish. Live it out. If you, you still know. got a temple and yeah. priest and stuff. If that's if that if if your pursuit of truth has led you to authentically living a Jewish life. More power to you. Maybe you're right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I don't believe that personally, but I'm open-minded. Talk to me. We'd love to yeah. have a Jewish person on the podcast. Dude, that'd if be anyone is out sweet, there man. that's like, dude, Jesus was totally a prophet, not God. Let's Yahweh all the way. Let's, like, kill some lambs. I'm all about it. Let's go. <laughs> Let's talk. That's cool. My you question, know? do you still sacrifice lambs? I don't, because I, I don't. think they do. They do? I, I'm, I'm, like, positive they do. I've seen videos. Oh. Yeah. I saw the one where they found that ram in a, a fence and let him go, and he, like, rolled down the hill. Did you ever <laughs> see that meme? <laughs> I think Jaw shared it or something. No, I have not seen that, but yeah. it looks like something I would appreciate. Yeah. So what kind of changed your mind on, like, your view of the tithe? Because you, I remember even a couple months ago we would talk about it, and, you know, I would tell you about my view on which I've shared on this episode of I don't really believe in the 10%. Yeah. And you know, not like you followed it in a religious way where your heart wasn't in it because it was, but you were definitely like, yeah, I believe in the 10% still. So what kind of 
lead me through the process of um, how Nate's mind has been changed on the tithe. Well, to be to be honest with you, um, to clarify where I was at, um, upon leaving the church, though I was still tithing to a religious organization, even if it was just a house church, um, and still faithful to that in my own life, uh, my wife's life, and the money that we earn together. Um, I wasn't doing it, like Keith said, out of a sense of obligation or because I felt like it was a commandment. Even even then... Sure. Even... No. Well, hold on. Listen. Even <laughs> even then, I, I had been on both sides of the fence before in my life. Um, I've, like I've said, I think last week, I've been to many, many churches, regularly attended many churches in my life, heard a lot of viewpoints on things like tithe. And yeah. so I've been on both extremes. I've been on the side like it's completely unnecessary, virtually useless. And then I went all the way over to the other extreme like it's completely necessary. I'm in sin and going to hell if I don't do it. And then I found myself leaving the church and getting to a more logical and reasonable place, in my opinion, where I put all the facts together, prayed about it, looked at the word, and came up to the conclusion that it's not a commandment for me now, but I'm going to do it because I care. I'm yeah. going to do it. Because my own conviction <clears throat> is that everything I have is a gift from God to begin with. It's not my own. And if it was important once in time for you to give a tenth of what you had to take care of God's people, I want to still do that. Now, yeah. um, and I lived in that for, you know, a few months until I began to realize that the any any kind of structure to a religious organization that I was a part of really was just kind of non-existent. Like yeah. uh, we we were kind of going in and out of uh, trying to make a house church work and things like that. A um, little more structure, a little less structure, and it became evident to me past a certain point that like I'm bringing my money and we're kind of doing things with it, but we're kind of not. And yeah. it's like, I began, I began to feel like, you know, the money isn't even going towards taking care of any of us that are going to the church anyway. Yeah. We're just turning it around and blessing people with it. Exactly. So at this, at that point, my understanding that I had to have, if I was honest with myself, is that like, I'm not tithing anymore. I'm giving an offering. There's a difference. The tithe is to take care of God's people out of necessity. Well, if we didn't have a necessity for that, then the tithe just got, you know, replaced by offerings. So yeah. I I just I just started to look at it differently and it's like I don't I'm not really regularly attending anything that has any structure to it. Nobody needs anything. So Yeah. I just don't I don't feel like there's no salaries, there, no bills. Yeah, no there, there's no pay. there's yeah. no need for a tithe. Even though I didn't believe it was a commandment anyway, there's just there's no need for me to be giving that. I'm benefiting more by using it in my own life and seeing my I mean, life produce fruit in other people. And if I feel, you know, called or I see something that is yeah. in need, um, because I'm better off financially for keeping the tithe. I'm sorry. Well, yes, keeping the tithe in the sense of keeping it for myself and my wife. We now are better off financially. We're better able to give Boom, in a moment. In a moment, if we feel, you know, our hearts being tugged on, 
we haven't already spent our extra money. You know, if, if, if I was giving my 10% to a pastor so that he could live off of six figures, you know, then every single week, which what money do I have left over being a middle class, you know, low middle class American with, you know, not a lot of history under my belt to save money being a young man, you know, and my wife even younger than myself. What do we have to to give other than what it takes for us to survive and take care of our bills if I'm giving the the tithe faithfully every yeah. week? And I wasn't yeah. just giving it out of my net, my profit. I was giving it out of my gross before taxes. That's gross. Um, that is gross, <laughs> oh! isn't it? Uh, which it, I, I personally believe that if you're going to say that the tithe is a commandment, I think you need to be giving it out of your gross. I don't – I mean – that's an, that, I mean, we can go into that. Oh man, later, you just opened a jar. Right I did. There. I opened a jar of worms because so many people are going <laughs> to hate me for that. People that like still keep the tithe. Um, sorry, I, I say I'm so I'm so Christianese. People that still give ten percent to a church are going to look at that and be like, "Well, bro, what, what are you talking about? You mean you mean or twelve percent? If you forgot, I, I tithe out of my I, I tithe out of my uh, my tax check at the end of the year. Or not the end of the year, but the end of the fiscal year. Yeah. I don't know, man. I, I never understood that personally from a biblical standpoint. But I'm understanding that was really loud. That peaked. So um, let's yeah. talk about pastors. Do they pay tithe? Boom. I've heard most of them say they do, but doesn't it go right back to them? Which is back right? to our previous point. So what what happens with that? Like That goes back to our previous point of isn't that the same as just keeping your ten yeah. percent, because we are the priesthood, priesthood just boom. using it for yourself. Because it Revelation. seems, it seems like pastors, mm. other members of mm. church staff that pay tithe but also get paid by the church, it really <laughs> seems like they aren't being hindered by the tithe a whole lot. Yeah, not as much as others who aren't as worthy of payment within the church. Apparently, hey, wouldn't it be cool if we could custom church? That'd be fucking cool, dude. <laughs> like, like your pastor makes a good point. And and Jesus, he just died for the sins of one. And you stand up, fuck yeah, pastor. Ugh! That's a, that's that's the same heart as totally pastor. Yeah, you know what I mean. Same thing. The same exact thing. It sounds different. It's because <laughs> of what we've said in other pot. What Ben has said in other podcasts that. The power of a cuss word in society is only that which society grants it. Censoring gives it the flair that it yeah. has. You know, it's bad because we make it bad. Yeah, you know, it, it. What is a word other than a collaboration of letters that is pronounced by your lips? It doesn't matter. Like I could say. You know, I'm going to sound like I'm speaking in tongues here, but I could be like, you know, and that's two, just, you're just speaking in Sims. T- t- what? Sim. <laughs> okay. Oh, in Sims. Yeah. You're, yeah, you're yeah. speaking in gibberish. <laughs> right. But like, if, if you could, <laughs> if you could like listen to that again and put like that into actual written form. Yeah. I could, I could like make it, a make word. it up that that word means like, I pooped in a public park fountain and people had their <gasps> dogs drink from it. Like if that's the if that's the meaning of that word, 
it instantly just became a disgusting word. That like, would be a cool word if it described all of that. In cool wasn't exactly what I was going for, but <laughs> <laughs> what I'm saying is like that would be an offensive word. Yeah. So people would like censor that. But if yeah. shit has become the exact same thing as poop, defecation, waste. There's no difference. It's there's just, no different than saying crap. It's another word for it. You know, it's just another it's word. So why is it any dirtier? Um, yeah. I don't know. That's. I mean, we've talked about that before, but yeah. Um, I don't know, yeah. man. So my last kind of comment on this is, like, we've talked about, like, the church using extravagant amounts of money to buy things, um, sound systems and uh, renting out huge buildings to have conferences and all this stuff and all the money that you can waste doing things like that. But one thing we haven't talked about or not use as efficiently as it could be. One thing we, yeah. One thing we haven't talked about, which is something that's honestly the most important thing. If you ask me, because it's not even going towards the public service of the people is the extravagant amount of money that pastors make. And the thing is with it being just offering monies, it shouldn't be awkward to ask how much a pastor makes, but you'll never get an answer. If you ask it, the only reason that may be an overstatement, but a lot of the time at least. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And there, there are some churches where the, the pastor, they have like rules in the church where like a pastor cannot make more than like the median of, right. Of like the, the average, the average income of a member of the church. Yeah. But on, like the church we came out of, the only reason I know how much the pastor made, and that's not even something I'm going to divulge over a podcast because that's between him and God. He he knows what he's doing. So Apparently, because that's the only people they're sharing it with. Yeah. But anyways, like when you are making probably double, triple the money as most of the people that are giving you that money there's there's a problem there like when you're when you're making triple digits and most of the people in your church are making 30 maybe 40,000 a year it, and it's not it's not even to say that there's a problem with that it, it's not even to say that they aren't worth that money but it is to say that obviously why do they need obviously it? And, and it's on, in my opinion it's not even do they need it in my opinion, it's is there enough coming in to still do everything else that the church needs to be doing and then still pay them that amount of money? I have no problem with a pastor making a million dollars a year if the church is bringing in the kind of money where the percentages line up. You know gotcha. what I'm saying? Like, say, listen, listen. Say if you I, got I know twenty of, million going out. It's okay to for a pastor to be making a million. You know, I don't, I don't want to say names. Um, for a lot of for a lot of reasons, but I know of pastors who have experienced um loss in church population, if you will, lack of attendance, who have admitted months later that even though there's a lot less money coming in and offerings and tithe every month, that their monthly, their weekly, however they break it down, their annual salary is still the same. And that's a problem. That is 
an obvious problem. I mean, churches preach all the time. If you're going with like Dave Ramsey, Bible, all this stuff that like there are percentages that you should probably be breaking your money down in just for wisdom's sake. You know, you got your tithe, you got your savings, however amount you're putting back for, you know, your uh, retirement and your kids and all this stuff. You know, most people preach that you should break it down in percentage and that way every every dollar has a purpose but why isn't you know i'm not saying every church is this way but why aren't so many churches practicing what they preach with the money that comes into the church you know how is it that a church congregation can lose 50 percent of its members and the wages of the people keeping the church running in the sense of, you know, management, pastoral, uh, janitorial, anyone that's getting paid any amount of money, how is it that they're not taking any kind of a hit? You know, and again, it's not to say that they aren't earning it. It's not to say that they're not worth it or that they can't have things that they want. It's just to say that fiscally, can it be responsible? Is it sustainable? Is it reproducible? Or is that just the fast track shortcut to the disaster of that congregation closing their doors because they can't meet their mortgages, which we've talked about in the past, probably shouldn't even exist within God's people when it comes to church buildings. Yeah. So, and I think you have an issue, like when you have when you have your financial future tied up in a church, and it starts to fail, and you start to lose more people, and you're losing more money. There's a reason that the tithe gets preached a lot harder because it's not just affecting without it. You have no job. It's not. Yeah. Cause it's not affecting the kingdom of God. It's affecting your pocketbook. It's affecting the money that's going into your account. Hopefully if not, you're just gonna, uh, embellish the crap out of it until there's nothing left and it falls apart, but you got a fat bank account. You know what I'm saying? You know, and I have so, no problem. I have no problem with a pastor getting up on a Sunday morning or whenever and, requesting financial support from his congregation and being honest with them about the circumstances that they are struggling financially. As long as he can show account for what and where the money is being spent within the church and saying that we have justified reason that we're doing everything above board, we're doing everything correct and with a clean and pure heart, we're not being greedy, there just simply is not enough money to keep this thing going. But that doesn't happen. When I you, I ask yeah. for your help. I have no problem with that. And if I was attending a church service, I would probably put some amount of money in the plate because I see the good, honest heart that that's coming from. But but if I could, what do you, when do you ever see that? Yeah, if I could interject, yeah, I agree with you. When it. do you see that? Because it doesn't happen. What you have is the opposite. You have a uh, freaking... 20 year old kid making 30,000 a year and if that yeah if that and you've got a pastor telling him that he has to give 10% which is leaving him struggling and lacking in his own personal life so his pastor can have a brand new house and a brand new car so he can keep making his six figure income while calling it a sacrifice for the kingdom of God when really it's just money going into his bank account when that 10% that $3,000 you know, is that could have meant a that, lot more that, to that, that could kid. have been a lot more to that kid. That could have meant he didn't get evicted or his lights didn't get turned off. Or he month. could actually give his kid a you know a birthday present worth having. 
You know what I mean? But no, God needed the money, and so there's well, no apparently not because <laughs> you needed the Mercedes. Yeah, so there's kind of like my rant, I guess. And y- yes, I won't say that applies to every church, totally not to every pastor. But there, the when there are biases for a reason, there are prejudices for a reason, and when it comes to churches. Those things are for a reason because there are tons of pastors who are making dishonest money and they're living lavish lifestyles, drive, riding around in private jets and calling it the will of God. Having the, I mean, when you're talking about like the owner of TBN owns a mansion in almost every state, uh, that no, no point even to be made. The proof speaks for itself. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, I mean... When a pastor and his wife say that, you know, okay, let's say let's say a a, uh, a new member of the church gets invited to an event that's at the house of you know the home of the pastor and his wife, mm-hmm. and they show up and they're like, "Wow, what a beautiful home! Like, how long have you guys lived here? Oh, you know, a while. Um, like." what did you do before you were a pastor? Like, you know, like, where did you get all this money? And they're just like, oh, I mean, we've been in the pastoral field for 30 years. Like, wow, you were pretty young when you started doing this. You never really had an opportunity unless you had some kind of inheritance to earn this kind of money. Wow, like, nope. that's crazy. How did how did that happen? Well, God provided. God, yes. God, <laughs> God, God provided. God blessed <laughs> Us, because we were faithful to keep the tithe. He upheld his end of the deal. Read Malachi. And it's like, okay, yeah, totally. God will do that for me. Well, well, you're not a pastor. You're so. not a pastor where the 10% that you're giving comes right back to you. Plus everyone else's 10%. So, I mean. I mean, that's a sweet gig. That's like, if you're smart, you're going to be if a pastor. I was, if I was a real jerk, sign me up. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I get to sit around and tell people how to live their life, and I they pay me money to do it. Uh, okay. That sounds like a sweet gig to me. Yeah. I mean, it almost sounds I get like to, politics. I get to control people, and they... <laughs> Yo! Whoa. Talk about a can of worms. Oh, man. Well, that's about all I got. Anything else you want to say? All that to say that I don't have... I don't have a problem with church. I don't have a problem with pastors. Obviously. But like I said, there are <laughs> I mean, yes, I have problems. I don't I don't fully disagree with the church yeah. or people giving tithe or I don't think all pastors are jerks and are robbing people and are manipulative. Sure. Me neither. So So all that to to say that that I'm not I don't hate I don't hate church. I don't hate pastors. But I think there are some things that need to change. Um, I just want to put kind of a positive spin on the end of this because it's been, I guess, for at least for me, it's been kind of like a negative podcast. Just yeah, it, it, I I didn't intend it for it to be that way either, you know. Yeah. And we really like. I know we're coming up on an hour here, but uh, we didn't talk as much about. Um the initial topic as I thought we talked a lot about tithe and stuff, um, which is totally cool. Um, I wanted, I wanted to throw, go for it. I wanted to throw something out here real quick before we end. Um, 
because I, I really liked what Ben did um, in the, the last podcast he was a part of. Uh, just kind of challenging our our listeners um, and inviting them as well. I I would like to ask anyone that is a part of any given um, religious organization that brings in offerings or tithe of any kind, um, whether you believe in it or not, whether you personally pay any amount of money or not, just um, hit us up on our Facebook page, uh, private message us, um, mm-hmm. and let us know what that looks like in your church. Let us know if you feel like it's really making a better impact in the congregation and in your community um, and for the overall cause of your religious, you know, of your of your religion. You know, is is money coming into your church or whatever, is it better impacting the future of your movement or is it just another drop in the bucket that's going to evaporate um and you know if there's anybody out there that feels the same way as us obviously hit us up we like to hear that that encourages us um yeah, but I want yeah. I want to but hear I, people yeah, who I want to yeah I want to hear people that tell us why tithe is important disagree us, and and honestly yeah. more than more than people that disagree and I'm, and I'm not claiming that I'm like hosting this thing but um especially for for Ben and uh, Ben and Keith they want to hear the questions that people have because I'm sure that there's things that we talk about that don't that we don't elaborate on as much because we understand what we're saying, but other people may not. So if you have any further questions about what got us riled up on a certain issue, um, and you feel like you may feel the same way, but you're just not sure yet. We'd like to at least private message you and, and see where it goes. Cause we're here to help you as much as we are to vent, you know? Um, so yeah, I mean, I guess that's, that's all I have. Thank you, Keith, for having me on another episode. I really love this. Yeah. Um, I like I, I opened this whole thing Thank up by you, saying, good, sir. absolutely. I think I uh, I opened this all by saying, in kind of my personal intro, that um, uh, I've really been just eating up previous episodes of the podcast. I haven't listened to all of them mm-hmm. quite yet. I've listened to like the first six, and then like the last four or five. And of those last four or five, I've been a part of like two or three of them. Um, nice. But I'm telling you, man, like. A lot of this stuff I've already thought of before. I've already talked with you about before because we're like mm-hmm. pretty much best friends. <laughs> I mean, we spent a ton oh, yeah. of time together, especially um, a lot recently. Yeah, ever I mean, really, really, ever since we so. left the church. Like, I mean, yeah. we've mentioned already that we were in a band together for a little while, and just uh, we went to church together. Obviously, friends of friends. Yeah, you know, we've we've been fairly close ever since the day we met. But yeah, um, hand bros for life. Hand bros for life. <laughs> Hashtag. That's another shirt right there. Hashtag there hand go. bros. No one understands it. No though. one gets it, but they can imagine. Um, <laughs> oh, God. Help us. So anyway, um, that right. took a turn for the worst. <laughs> I'm going to just end by saying that the podcast is great. <clears throat> yes. Go back. If, if you enjoy what you're hearing now, if you're a new listener, go back. You know, a few episodes all the way to the start if you want. This is a journey that we want to share with you guys. Um, our opinions, our viewpoints, our beliefs are forming day by day. And um, ultimately, we're just, you know, where we are at is we want to love 
the truth with everything that we are. We want to seek the truth with everything that we are, no matter what where that leads us. And we want to love, you know, ourselves and everyone else in the same way. So mm. peace out, everybody. Again, thanks for having me, Keith. Ben, yeah. everybody else. Well, you know, I just want to end this with, you know, one of my favorite scriptures. Really just speaks truth in life to me, you know. Uh, you know, the there was a group of teenage kids who uh, were making fun of this, this old prophet. And his name was Elisha, and he sicked a, beer, uh, a bear on them. <laughs> and, and the bear killed he sicked a beer on him. He sicked a beer. That a, freaking yingling. He sicked a yingling on him. Anyways, that's a. I was trying to make a joke there, but man, I just want to say it ended up being a better joke. I just want to say that Ben brings life to this. I just kind of like rant a lot. So <laughs> I tried. I tried, man. It, no, it's we hard. we do de- we do decent, but it takes a certain character Listen, to really we, make something we, funny. We, we, we've talked about this before. Ben is the life of the party. He is. No matter what he's on. Seriously. He could be on nothing. In fact, he really does nothing, like, other than caffeine. You know what I mean? So he walks in, Keith and I are a few beers down, and he's, like, already way more lively and fun than we could ever be. Yeah. I mean, I tried. Like, by the the time that I would get to that point, I would black out. (laughs) So... (laughs) We love you, Ben. <laughs> Props to you, Ben. <laughs> you're you're a great voice for the podcast because you keep things super light. Yep. So I uh, just want to end by saying, I know we've ended this like five times. I just want to say love and appreciate all you guys. Thanks for all the plays. Thanks for keeping this thing alive. If you like what you're hearing, please join the Facebook group. Uh, comment on there. You got questions, throw them out. I'd really like to organize some kind of like get together, maybe some kind of uh, – Pilgrims and Prodigals Christmas party or something like that. Dude. Yeah. Bruh. We could all get together, hang out, have some drinks if you drink, just talk about Jesus. Or not if you don't. Totally cool. Yeah. So anyways, uh, if you like that idea, let us know. So until next time, this is Keith and Nate signing off. We will see ya. See ya.